uh, Hakeem Butler. Um, I mean, what, what do you want me to say? Just that we're best friends and like. <laughs> Besties, all that. No, um, yeah. Just Hakeem Butler. Met Brianna at Iowa State. She plays soccer, I play football. Sports just hung out together. Um, yeah, the she, rest is history. Uh, yeah, I guess so. No, so what are what are some of your interests? So he's in Cali right now. He touched down in my city. Um, for what? <laughs> uh, yeah, going to just to this little um, event, Complex Con 2021, and looking to spend some money, buy some clothes, you know, see some new fashion and interact with some creative people. Yes, so yeah. big fashion guy. A little bit, a little bit. A little bit, and he owns a heartfelt hoodie, but he did not bring it today. I definitely forgot about it. Which is unacceptable. So, I have a hoodie for mm -hmm. you. You get to wear it. We're going to do a quick uh, clothing swap. <laughs> you look good, though. I appreciate that. back and we're better mm -hmm. <laughs> looking good repping the club I appreciate that yes so we met my freshman year of college um no no freshman year you weren't uh, oh, oh no yeah I came at semester so you oh. were actually in my first ever journalism class it was you me Casey and I think Sierra no dang it it was me you Casey <laughs> I remember the class, though. I yes, we yes. sat in the back, right? Yes, we sat in yeah, the back. The, in the back. very back. Yeah, the very um, back. Somehow we both graduated. I so dropped, that was dropped weird. that class. Dropped that class. <laughs> Got out of journalism. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. Yeah. He had to go a more creative route, which is totally fine. Um, but yeah, so we just kind of maintained that friendship even after graduating. Mm -hmm. um, and for a good portion of our friendship, I think we did kind of have that intimacy of mental health or yeah. like checking in on each other and all that jazz. Mm hmm. So I guess for me, I know kind of when I started the process of mental health and like my self-care. Yeah. What did that kind of look like for you? Uh, what do you mean? Just like when did I begin that? Yeah. Um, I would say it was definitely a process just because, you know, in my life I was on such a high, I guess, from like just playing football every Saturday and, and scoring touchdowns. You know, you feel like the man, you feel like you're on top of the world. And uh, I don't know, after I got drafted, you know, it's kind of just like you're a little fish again and you got to prove yourself and just a lot of question marks. And, you know, I guess that's when I kind of just sat down, decompressed, because I had more time, you know, I wasn't in school and things. Yeah. And I realized, you know, that, that maybe I need to go talk to somebody and just, you know, figure out, you know, how I can make myself happier without being defined by a ball or a sport. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's huge. And I, like... Like I said, for me, I kind of found my worth outside of soccer closer to, I want to say junior year, mm -hmm. but really I kind of experienced that, you know, small fish in a big pond. I experienced that in like high school, so I got my ass humbled quick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, definitely in college um, is when I kind of started to realize that it's so important to not put your worth in your sport because like Absolutely. anything can happen. Absolutely. Like I was super injury prone in college, and mm -hmm. I know you've faced some injuries. Yeah, it's uh, my rookie year, and right after I got drafted, I mean, me being who I am, I had all these expectations for myself, put a lot of pressure on myself to just try and 
make plays early, I feel like. And uh, preseason, second game of preseason, I fractured my pinky. Mm. And, I mean, I tried to play through it, but yeah. the training staff, they're like, no, you got to sit down. And it turned out to be like a season-ending injury, which yeah. is kind of just like insane to me. And it was just a long rehab process. But in that process, like I said, I had even more downtime. Yeah. So I reflected more on myself. And, I mean, through the NFL, I got – they you have a chance to meet with other guys who are in the same situation and discuss those feelings and how you guys are. Gotcha. And I think that was another big part. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So when you were at Iowa State, did you ever use um, either the – you know, we had an athletic counselor, but we also had student services. Did you ever kind of utilize those? Uh, I think I went to student services maybe once or twice. And it was just, I don't know, maybe, you know, not ready. Not trying to look weak, I guess. Uh, and the other guy, Marty, I never yeah. I never got a chance to use him. I wish I would have took advantage of it at that time because, I mean, I think mentally it would have been a great help. But at the same time, like I said, I was, like, basically, like, on a high from just playing sports and just, you know, having success. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I actually – I did the same thing. So I did see Marty at one point mm -hmm. for, like, a very short moment. Yeah. But I chose to go to student services as well because I kind of – I guess at that point I was still – there was such a stigma and I hadn't fully adjusted to the idea of my coaches knowing, like you said, that I was like potentially in their eyes weak yeah. or like that what they were doing was getting to me. Absolutely. Um, so when you did kind of step into a little bit of student services, did you like how that went for you? Um, I, I think it was nice. I think me mentally, I just wasn't in the space to, yeah. to go and do that yet, Yeah. which was probably the biggest thing. But looking back, I mean... I met with a woman, I don't remember her name or anything about her really, but uh, she was very nice, sat on the couch, and it was like kind of my first time doing counseling as an adult, and really just attacking that by myself, and like I said, I just wasn't mentally prepared. Yeah, yeah, which is which is super fair, because mm -hmm. it's, you know, you get out of it kind of what you put in, but it is like, you have to be prepared for that. Definitely. So, like, growing up, what was your family dynamic like? Did you talk about mental health, or... How did all that look? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that we openly just discuss mental health. You grew up in Maryland? Yeah, in Baltimore. Where my dad's from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, I would say that, I mean, just not a lot of people in Baltimore where I'm from. It's a tougher, rougher city, mm -hmm. so you can never really look weak to anybody, and I guess I kind of, you just kind of adopt that as a city and as a family and everyone, just because, you know, you have to just always be ready for anything that could happen in such a dangerous city and um yeah like my family you know we, we took care of one another yeah. but mentally do I, I wouldn't say that we openly spoke about it enough but now between my family since COVID and everything we mm -hmm. definitely took the initiative to check in on one another mentally and just make sure that we're okay deeper I would yeah. Say. yeah that's really awesome I think for a lot of people, COVID was an interesting time to sit and decompress. Absolutely. Like a lot of people had to sit with their emotions mm -hmm. um, or even just kind of their thoughts. And you and have to see who they really were. Yes, yeah. exactly. So where were you during the first lockdown? Oh, I was in uh, Arizona. Okay. And I was, uh, yeah, I was in Arizona. And my friends were there with me for a little bit. But uh, other than that, I was basically by myself. But I would say before COVID is when I kind of started my, like, mental health journey yeah. and just going to see a counselor and things like that and a the therapist. And 
once COVID really started and they put everything on lockdown, my friends came out a little bit. So, you know, I was kind of in a good space the whole time. Yeah. And I mean, Arizona is sunny all the time, so it's kind of yeah. yeah. No, that does. That helps so much. <laughs> yeah, but it's hot helps. as hell. Oh, it is hot as Yeah, it was definitely hot as hell. Oh, my God. But I love that city. Yeah. That state, that city, everything. That's awesome. Okay, so you said you kind of stepped into counseling. Yes. Was there like an aha moment or something that kind of pushed you into that? For me, I mean, no, I mean, definitely. I would say I just had like a low point where I kind of was just having like panic attacks and just mm-hmm. really bad anxiety. And, you know, me, I'm just, I'm very confused of it just because I've never experienced it. And uh, like my hands would start to shake, like, oh, yeah, literally, like, and yeah. I like literally couldn't control it. And I'm like, what the hell is like actually going on with me? Yeah. And so. I kind of was just like, just sat down, breathed, and I was just like, I have to figure this out. And you can never go about it by yourself. I mean, you can, but it's, it's definitely tougher because only you really know you. And I mean, you know, you just got to be honest with yourself about the feelings that you're having. You're just like, maybe I do need some help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's super nice to like be with a counselor and it's kind of like, I picture it like a ball of yarn okay. and talking with them kind of helps unravel- you okay, yeah, yeah. unwind it. and like. I would definitely say that. But that's, I, I actually had a similar experience when I was in, like, middle school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have no idea what's happening. Like, this is, you know, I had, I was having panic attacks as opposed to anxiety. Okay. And, you know, I kind of wish that I had a space to go to in middle school where I could be like, what is this? Because I kind of just thought that was life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, yeah. So you, like, work and do a bunch of stuff. And then you cry for a little. And then you, like, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, no, there's healthier ways to do things or, like, you can understand yourself so you can cope and not get to those points of like, for me, it was crying in middle school, yeah. but you know, so having done that, how does your anxiety, how does all of that feel for you right now? Uh, it's, it's been a journey. Like yeah. it, it's been a long journey that'll probably continue for the rest of my life. Um, I feel like I have a lot of those things under control now, just because I've done a lot of research and reading, I feel like, and just to help with that counselor I mean I got to get back into it just moving around all the time now but I definitely want to get back into it even though I feel good you know I just want to maintain I would say yeah but uh I mean yeah just kind of understanding anxiety and depression and just where they stem from and and just how I can I guess cope with it yeah Mm -hmm. okay so kind of shifting gears I was having this conversation with one of our mutual friends like two days ago Mm -hmm. tell me if you remember this so they did at Iowa State. They did like an event. With Are you talking? Paul. I know exactly what you're talking about. You where, better. Where everybody was like, yes, yeah, everyone raised was, their hands. That was definitely okay. That was a big time. A lot of people spoke yes. out. And okay, so basically, yeah. they brought all the athletes into like our dining hall, whatever you want to call it, and we did a little bit of a forum. And inevitably, the speaker was like, "Hey, everyone, I can't remember if we started eyes closed or not, but yeah." Was eyes closed. Eyes closed. I don't know the exact thing. Yeah. That's crazy. That if you've like, ever thought about committing suicide, raise your hand. And then it turned into stand up, I think. Mm-hmm. And then they had us open our eyes, right? Yeah, and it was just like. And there were so many, not only so many people standing, but so many men standing. Yeah, and it was just a lot of people that you like, you mm-hmm. see and encounter every day. Yep. And. It was definitely, I mean, obviously, you know, we're athletes, like you said, we all hung out a lot, but Mm -hmm. it was also, like, a large portion of our immediate friends. 
you know that's like, that was that was the thing uh my roommate at the time he had stood up and i was just like wow like i see this guy every day you know you never really know what people's going through i would say that was definitely a groundbreaking moment in iowa state like oh, athletics yeah. just yeah. because i know our football team came a lot closer and we kind of just like like you said everybody knows each other like we had the red backpack or whatever yeah. and so everybody knows one another or of one another and you kind of just see these people and now it's just like you know you're speaking to everybody you just want everybody to feel accepted and yeah. just not feel so left out yeah and it, it was also really interesting because like following that a few days I, I don't remember it was this junior year sophomore year maybe I'm not sure I'm not sure but following up I reached out to like a few people who I like vividly remembered or you know was like really sh- not shocked but like surprised by and reached out to them to see like hey how how is your mental health are you you know getting any services or anything and one thing I thought was so interesting was that Iowa State never followed up with those with anyone who stood oh so it was kind of like an epic gesture which I really appreciate and I think it was really important um but then it's also like if we're providing that space Mm -hmm. of allowing someone to share that with us we also have to like wrap ourselves around them and let them know you know like this is a community I'm I'm not sure if like many like if uh, like the educational staff was in there though at that time. Oh really? I feel like it was just the students. Oh, because okay, they, then that they, was and the speaker. Yeah, because they wanted it to be like that be intimate private. of a situation. Okay, then that. But I could definitely like yeah. if you give that kind of space, you should definitely. There were just so many people standing there, yeah, up, and so it was it was honestly mind blowing, and it, it changed my whole train of thought on just the way I look at people and just. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's actually so good to know because I mean I think about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, it was it was like groundbreaking yeah um and it always like annoyed me that i was like wow there was no follow-up to that but that you're totally right they had everyone leave um yeah but so that was kind of like kind of what started you know it it turning in my mind of like wow like men really need this space as well to experience mental health and to better understand themselves and then it was also like okay cool so i'm not the only athlete that's like struggling in life you know, and, it, and like, especially since, like you said, I transferred to Iowa State, and I lived with upperclassmen most, or upperclassmen most of my time there. Yeah. It was kind of hard to integrate into, like, our communities. Yeah. Um, but it was, like, interesting to see that, like, we all are feeling some level of stress, and then, like, there is this big need to kind of go that extra mile and, you know, provide intimacy like this like just safe spaces to kind of chat absolutely and i think after that is when like our friendship developed a little bit more as well Mm -hmm. and we kind of started to lean on each other in that way yeah um which i think we can always do more of okay like we we got years and years to go we'll get closer (laughs) and go he's like shit (laughs) he's like this bitch won't leave no um but no because i remember like you and i have had some really good chats absolutely and I remember one kind of recently when I was in New York, I called you about the Heartfelt Club. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it was when everything remember. was brewing. and You were kind of just starting. It. Yeah, I was yeah. just starting, and I was really excited to talk to you about it. And I know you were potentially taking, like, a mental health space away from, like, social media uh, and everything. Yeah. I, I do that. I do that very often just because, like, cell phones, you, you need them, honestly, just to stay connected with yeah. the world. But it's like... I don't know, people just, I don't know, people People want to talk crazy to me, and 
Oh my god. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, and, they do. And it's like sometimes it's just like like you're behind a cell phone. Like go go ahead yeah. with your life. And I mean, I've accomplished a lot. I, I never really like I guess like flex or like you know arrogant like that. But yeah. I've, I've accomplished a lot of things that a lot of people will never accomplish. But I mean, you know, as an athlete, we're just supposed to. This has been happening since college. Literally, I remember we played Iowa and I got dudes commenting on my yeah. pick, all kinds of stuff. Okay. I remember you, you saw one and you like, yes. yeah, you were like, should I say something? I'm like, nah. Like, I was relax. like, I'm about to go off <laughs> on this guy. And you're like, no, you don't have to do yeah, all that. I'm like, chill. I was so heated. But like, uh, yeah, people, I mean, people say stuff. It, it doesn't get to me anymore just because I'm like, bro, you have a terrible life. Okay. Yeah, if you have to say, if you have to. But say yeah, if you, yeah, I'm like you. You hate yourself, yeah. so go ahead. But um, I don't really. I try not to just buy into social media as much. But I mean, subconsciously, you know, you're sitting there scrolling. You know, you may think it's 30 minutes, whether it's an hour yeah. or two hours or whatever it is. You're subconsciously scrolling, absorbing other people's lives, and you just start to compare subconsciously. Yeah. And so I kind of just remove myself from all of that very often. Yeah, no, which Very is awesome. which is really smart yeah. and a really good way to kind of decompress and center yourself. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's a weird world we live in. Yeah. But, like, social media is not reality. Yeah. And it'll never be. Like, you can be as authentic as you want on social media. It still is a, there's a falsity there. Yeah. You know, in whatever Definitely. regard. Um, but, yeah, so I, you know, I thought that was super cool of you to, to take that space away and, like, it seems like you have a good mental health like routine yeah. as of right now. Mm-hmm. And do you see that like help with football and everything? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, when I I mean first mental when I was like first got to Arizona right after the draft, I kind of just I had sort of an apost- imposter syndrome. Oh yeah. Just because I was around so many people I've like looked up to forever, I'm like I'm not really supposed to be here. And I think that kind of ate me up, and I, like, basically forgot how to play football for, like, three months. Yeah. And then got help, and, I mean, after I got hurt, I really, I think me having that syndrome and just not being as confident as, like, I normally am kind of also led to me getting hurt a little bit. Yeah. Just because, like, I wasn't playing at full speed and things like that. But I would say after after I got help and everything, mentally, like, it's just, like, I just felt – I wouldn't say normal, but I felt a lot better. Good. And I feel like my play was just taking off. And yeah. Cool. Do you feel like the franchises that you've gotten to play for, like, have a good means for mental health? Welcome to the party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Um. Ask it again. Or do you want to wait until? Oh. Um. Yeah. We'll wait for like two minutes. Yeah. I ain't making it. No, you're good. We're good. We're good. We'll wrap it up shortly. Yeah. No, 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 no. We'll wrap it up. That's well, unless you want to wrap Welcome it up. Welcome to the podcast. kind of helped you and how the mental health resources they had allowed you to kind of push through 
Yeah. Um, through the whole draft process, uh, like the combine when I was in Indianapolis, you know, you meet with all these team doctors and stuff, and they check your health and things like that. And I met, they check like your mental too, just to see how smart you are. Not really your mental health, just how smart you are. But I met a doctor while I was taking a test for a team, uh, Dr. Lindsay. And it's crazy, he kind of told me I'd be drafted to Arizona before he even like really knew me. And I was like, you know, we'll see, you know, like God willing, you know, I'm ready to go wherever. But uh, yeah, I got drafted to Arizona and went through everything I was going through. And he came in the building one day and he was like, man, I told you I see you. And then he was just like, how are you? Like, how are you really? And we kind of just got to talking mm-hmm. about life and mental health. And he first sent me to the guy that works for the team in Arizona. And he was cool. Just, I mean, not really my type yeah. of guy. And then he sent me to someone that he knew outside the team. And that woman, you know, she probably definitely helped me a great deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. And you stay in touch with Dr. Yeah, Lindsay? Yeah, I, I, I need to text him. I need to talk to him a little bit more. <laughs> yes, yeah. you definitely need that's, to. That's my guy. Reach out to him for sure. I mean, I'm doing really good even for like the past couple of weeks and months and everything. I mean, like I said, I, I have a routine, a, a way of handling and coping with my depression, anxiety, or feelings as a whole, mm-hmm. which is first just by addressing them. Yep. And so, yeah. Nice. Really good. And so how do you kind of feel, you know, you touched on Baltimore mm-hmm. and everything. How do you feel like going forward we should leave our emotional intelligence or how we carry ourselves about emotions in general for the coming generation? Oh, like what can we pass back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say... I would say I feel like it's already started to happen in a way just by it being talked about. Because, I mean, you think about those older generations, it was all about, like, who's the toughest man and women have to be strong and things like that. And, I mean, I feel like that stigma, that dynamic is changing a great deal. And, I mean, yeah, I know I try and definitely do that with my nephews and my sister and my brother. And that's just, I mean, that's how it starts, you know, it just starts, you know. Yeah. You, you're saying it's okay to feel. Yeah, and yeah. leading by example in that. Absolutely. Yeah. So Hakeem has joined the Heartfelt Club. Um, so now everyone else has to <laughs> stop the stigma, start the discussion. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really good time to kind of do our calls to action. So okay, do you, you want to? Yes, you obviously. <laughs> So, my call to action, we're going to keep it a little bit different this episode since we have an epic athlete on here. Okay. Reach out to athletes you know. Reach out to your friends who have a really rigorous schedule and kind of provide them that space to be soft or explore their emotions and, like we've touched on, ask them how they really are. Like, sit in that moment with them because it might be the first time they've been allowed to slow down and kind of work through their emotions. Boom. My turn. Your turn. Uh, I would say just ask the people, I mean, kind of close to, not the same thing you're doing, but just ask the people around you how they really are. You know, everyone asks, how are you? And then how are you really should be the, the follow-up just to dig a little deeper. Um, yeah, just check on the people around you. You never know what they're going through. Yes. Yes, sir. So, with that being said, 
let's stop the stigma. Let's start our discussions. Hakeem, thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Thank We're you for having me. We're stoked to have you in the clubhouse. <laughs> and don't forget to go out there and be more heartfelt. As always, if you or someone you know is in crisis, to speak with someone immediately, contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-2855. That's 1-800-273-TALK. Contact Lifeline Crisis Chat or contact the National Alliance on Mental Illness or NAMI at 1-800-950-6264 or text NAMI, N-A-M-I, to 741741. Thank you and don't forget to be more heartfelt.